So my number one thing that I always say is do not compare your work to others. Just don't do it. Stop. Because as a creative, you, and this is, this is cliche, but it's true. Like you are the only you, and that is your superpower. You are the only one. You are the only you. Welcome to the Passion Behind the Art Show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Pinnock. I've teamed up with Cotton Bureau and to do a shirt for the podcast, Passion Behind the Art t-shirt. So this is a way that you can support the podcast to keep it going. Um, I would really appreciate if you would be able to pick up a shirt. So go to dpcreates.com to pick up a Passion Behind the Art t-shirt. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Well, I am excited to have Brooke Robinson on the Passion Beyond the Art Show. Um, the lady behind Good Type. Uh, welcome, Brooke. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So let's start from the beginning as far as you can go. How did this start? How did your journey into art and design start? All right, as far back as I can go. I grew up in a pretty creative household. My parents weren't creatives as their profession, but my dad loved rock and roll. <laughs> I grew up listening to vinyl, listening to Led Zeppelin, and just always, When I, I remember when I was young, just going through their record collection, my parents' record collection, and the covers on these albums, I was just blown away, even as a kid. And something about that just kind of stuck with me. And then my mom, she uh, was a nurse growing up, but she loved to paint. And she, I was, you know, kind of inspired by her. She did a lot of landscapes and oils on canvas. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so, uh, and back to my dad, he had a knack for, for curating. And I would always browse through his old uh, ticket collection. He had a concert, like ticket stub collection, oh, and he had nice. a really cool old uh, matchbook collection and a trucker hat collection and just, just type and logo badges for days. And uh, so I guess, you know, when I went off to college, um, I went to Texas Tech out in West Texas, good old Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't have the intent of, of going down the road of, of a creative or, or a designer. I actually, I declared pre-dental as oh. my major. <laughs> that lasted all of about two semesters when I found out I had to take like eight chemistries. I was like, nope, not happening. <laughs> that will do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because my mom was a nurse, I was also intrigued by the medical profession. And, you know, aside from chemistry, I was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, so I was undecided for a long time, but I sort of picked up the hobby of photography. And that very quickly became a passion of mine. Um, <clears throat> and it wasn't until I started working for Red Bull that the creative marketing kind of brain side of things kicked in. And I decided to take um, a graphic design class. Mm. And you know, still undecided, still undeclared, um, because I couldn't, I didn't think that I could declare photography <clears throat> as a major. 
So I was just taking, you know, racking up all kinds of hours, all kinds of classes, just racking up those student loans. <laughs> and uh, but new, I was just, you know, becoming more and more drawn to graphic design. And again, never made it my major, <laughs> but I ended up, I finally graduated. But I started working for uh, Red Bull and then Rip Tank Board Shop, and this is where I started messing around with logos and t-shirt designs and poster designs and Photoshop was just like this incredible world of like anything goes. Right. <laughs> and I would, you know, Google all kinds of tutorials and just kind of mess around until, you know, I think I kind of had it figured out. Um, and so I, you know, word got out and I started doing posters for local businesses and, um, just kind of started doing it on the side. Um, and then, yeah, I had always just loved anything to do with lettering and typography. Um, you know, anytime I saw just a nice, big, sans serif, like, bold type on a wall or somewhere, I was just, I would sit and just stare at it. <laughs> I was just enamored. Right. Uh, yeah, and then when I moved, see, I, you know, I could only stay so long in, in West Texas. And I finally made the move to Austin about 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. And uh, started working for a local retailer here called Tyler's. Okay. And Tyler's is known for their Tyler's teas. We sell tons of them. We have like eight shops. I say we, I, I don't work for them uh, now, but um, yeah, I was in charge of, I, I, well, I was first hired on as an assistant manager on the floor and quickly learned that I am not one for customer service or retail, <laughs> but I managed, I hung out, I was nice, <laughs> but I worked my way up uh, into the buying office where I kind of created my own position hmm. in graphic design, social media, and marketing, and um, yeah. That's kind of, I know it's kind of more long-winded than I thought it was going to be, but sort of a, a brief background into kind of how I got into the art space and design. Okay, cool. So let's jump to current life because this is something that I'm intrigued about, especially <laughs> after building Good Type that we're going to talk about. Um, like, how do you start your day? What's your first, the first part of your day, the first hour of your day like? First hour of my day. So I am an early to bed, early to rise. I'll probably go to bed soon after this. <laughs> after the live tutorial that we're doing with Annika tonight. <laughs> um, so I get up around 5, 5.30 every morning. Um, and I don't get out of bed, but I sit and I pray, meditate, and journal for about 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. Um, yeah, daily routine, cannot start a day without it. And if for some reason I'm traveling or I'm in, in another space where it doesn't happen, my day just, it's off. <laughs> um, and yeah, then I get out of bed and I, you know, first things first, coffee. Uh, go, go get my French press going and take my dog Teddy for a walk and get started with my day. Yeah. Sounds good. It's funny you say that I actually do something kind of, you know, like that. I pray with my wife and kids at seven o'clock every morning before we awesome. leave. That's so great. <laughs> it really, I mean, it's everything, you know? <laughs> it's just weird. It was kind of like a hack into spending more time with them. So, well, that's, that's not a bad hack. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. we, what, 
what made you go to Austin though? Because I, hidden secret, I love Austin. Like, mm -hmm. I wish I lived there. It's pretty great. It's really hot in the summer, but that's my only, well, that and the traffic. Those are my only two complaints. <laughs> um, Austin, I grew up, so I'm originally from Fort Worth, which is about three hours north of Austin. And I had a best friend growing up that moved to Austin when we were, I think, in seventh or eighth grade. So I would go down and visit her all the time. And, you know, back then in the 90s, Austin wasn't quite what it is today, but it still there was something enchanting about it, something different that wasn't like the rest of Texas. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I knew I knew that someday I'd want to make Austin my home. Um, and then my cousins and some other family members moved to Austin when I was in college, which gave me more excuses to get down here. And, um, you know, there's a lake that runs right through the city center. Um, people are active. It's just a forward thinking community in general. Um, and design and type and signs are just murals, art everywhere. I did a project actually in college um, for one of my graphic design classes where we had to, it was a Photoshop class, and we had to combine different elements of our photography and create art. Um, I think it was like five or six pieces. And so I was like, well, I don't, I don't, there's not too much <laughs> to photograph that I think is real cool in Lubbock. So I came down to Austin and just photographed. Oh, I had so many awesome pictures of walls, wall art, street art, graffiti, all over the place. Um, and yeah, it just further affirmed, you know, that I was definitely coming to Austin <laughs> at some okay. point. So when I had the opportunity, I took it. Yeah, cool. I, I think you have a point. There's just something. I'm not sure. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something about Austin. Yeah, I, there is. I did like a mini tour of Texas and Austin kind of stood out to me. Yeah, it's, it's funny. So I think there's Sometimes, you know, people say, well, this isn't Texas, this is Austin, because <laughs> it's so different from the rest of the state. <laughs> that is true. I can agree. <laughs> Not that I don't love the rest of our state, but, I, you know, I just love Austin a little more. <laughs> All right, so let's get into good type. How did this idea turn into this massive thing that you have created? Well, you know, I didn't anticipate it to turn into the massive thing that it has become. It sort of just kind of evolved and took over, took over my life in a good way. Um, I, when I moved to Austin, I, after spending about a year on the retail floor standing up, which was great, I ended up sitting behind a computer for almost four years as their, as Tyler's uh, director of social media marketing and graphic design. We all wear a lot of hats at that company, or we wore a lot of hats. Um, but I finally was just like, I cannot keep sitting behind a desk all day, every day. Like I loved what I do and I loved who I worked with, but I was like, there's something more. There is something more out there, and I am missing out because <laughs> I'm sitting in traffic for an hour to go to work and an hour to come home, and I'm doing the same thing over and over, and I just got to get out of here. So <laughs> at the time, oh, and also a little backstory. So when I was in college, I, I was very active. I played on the women's rugby team. I was the secretary of the wakeboard team. I snowboarded whenever I could. I was just always doing something. And when I got to Austin, I was like, man, we're not real close to any mountains where, uh, you know, I'm not playing rugby anymore and I don't have a boat. I don't have a team boat. I can just go out and wakeboard anytime. What am I going to do? Well, I noticed a lot of people were riding bikes 
so I got into riding bikes and I started road riding um, soon after I moved to Austin and it was the spring of 2012. I moved here uh, in December 08, so almost 09. And um, I was on a social ride uh, and I met this girl and she and I had ridden a few times together and she was like, hey, I'm thinking about riding my bike down the West Coast this summer. Do you want to come? <laughs> and I was just like, of course I do. <laughs> Why not? Right. So, yeah, there were, you know, I think this was probably in, uh, I don't know, February, March, and we ended up taking off for Vancouver in, at the end of May. So I quit my job. <laughs> I saved up some money. I sold my car. And I was like, this is it. This is my, like, you know, freedom ticket, you know, just to, like, start over, figure out what it is I want to do. Why am I here? And uh, so I thought, surely on this trip, I was going to have, you know, some major aha moment, some like, you know, moment that's going to just bop me upside the head and be like, this is your, this is your million dollar idea. <laughs> so we took off out of uh, Vancouver at the end of May and then found ourselves on the border of Mexico a few months later. Trip was over. It was great. It was beautiful. Um, but I didn't have my aha moment. <laughs> I was really kind of like, okay, I'm going back to Austin, did this epic tri trip, now what? Um, so I had to get myself back to Austin from L.A., and, you know, I was a little low on the funds, didn't really want to fly myself and my bike back, so I thought I'd take a nice long train ride. Okay. And um, it was on this train ride, so on on the actual ride itself, on the on the bike trip, I noticed that the West Coast was just like this treasure trove of lettering and typography. I mean, there were hand-painted murals, hand-painted signs, just hand-lettered logo badges everywhere. And I, at the end of the trip, had collected a ton of photos of just like random logos and logo badges and walls and just art, street art everywhere. And, um, you know, I was, I was on the train ride back to Austin and I was on Instagram because I had a little bit of time on my hands, being that it was a 30-hour train ride. Yeah. And I, I clicked that little hashtag, typography, and boom, opened up to a world of this art form. Because I was just sitting here thinking, there's got to be a place for this, this kind of art form to live, these just beautiful letters and lettering and type. And there wasn't necessarily a place on Instagram that I found that it lived, but through the hashtag typography, you were opened up to a world of artists from all over. Just, it wasn't huge at the time. This was in 2012, but you could find artists tagging their work and using the hashtag, hashtag typography. Um, yeah. So over time I just took screenshot after screenshot because I was just like Instagram. Oh my God, so much beautiful work. I just can't get enough. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with it. I just, I, I couldn't, you know, not see it ever again. Um, I did this for almost a year and finally my phone was like, you can't save any more photos. <laughs> and so oh I was like, what gosh. am I, you know, what am I going to do? I can't, I don't want to delete all these photos. And then, so it hit me. I was like, oh, I'll start an Instagram account and I'll unload, you know, start with some of my favorites and tag the artists. So I'm not just, you know, putting up work and not crediting who did the work. Um, and I think that was part of its quick success. Um, and using the hashtags and bef before the algorithm. So this was in my very first good type post was on 
July 24th, 2013. So Good Type is actually going to be turning five in July. Um, wow. And yeah, it, it quickly grew to about 10,000 followers organically. Like I've never paid for followers or anything like that. And people just don't believe me when I say that, but it's true. Um, it kind of just became a thing and it took off and I kept at it. And I was so inspired, not only by the quick growth, but by the positive community of people just being like, oh, look at so-and-so or, you know, good work or, you know, just positive interaction among the community in general. And so that inspired me to like kind of dive a little more into it. And Mm. I, you know, I started, I think my very first contest or campaign was um, Keep Cursive Alive. Okay. Because this was, I think, was in 2014 when they were talking about taking cursive out of schools. And I was like, what? No way. And so that was my very first sort of pre-Good Type Tuesday, Good Type Tuesday campaign. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it kind of just slowly but quickly (laughs) took off from there. So what? I'm not sure if you noticed this, right? Because... When did you realize that this thing was impacting people's lives? You know, I think when people would, if I, and by people I mean artists, if when artists started kind of geeking out over the fact that they got featured on Good Type, and I'm like, what? This is a thing. Like, okay. <laughs> or I would see the hashtag good type just start showing up and people were tagging their work and at tagging good type a lot. And, you know, when it hit 10,000 followers, I was just like, what, this is crazy, <laughs> you know? And I think when people or the community started to come to me for answers. Like I was the expert on lettering and typography and I was like, Oh crap. (laughs) I gotta like, I gotta get schooled. (laughs) I gotta start educating myself (laughs) because I'm just this, you know, lowly little graphic designer making t-shirts for a local retailer who happens to love typography and lettering. Um, and I would incorporate it into my designs every now and then, but you know, I wouldn't consider myself a hardcore letterer. Um, it was just, you know, part of what I did, and I, I appreciated it more than I practiced it. And I think that if I practiced it more than I appreciated it, Good Type would never have evolved into what it has become. Um, and then, you know, slowly, Good Type grew to a hundred thousand followers, and that's when I was like, okay, this is this is out of control. And people were requesting a book, you know, like a something physical, just, you know, kind of like we all went back to the analog way of things. Right. Um, you know, with MP3s and we, we loved them for a long time and we're back to vinyl and, you know, digital type and everything that's clean and polished. We go back to, you know, the way things are hand, the slow movement, you know, hand lettering. And, you know, we maybe not, we don't want to stare at this on a screen all the time. We actually want a book that we can pick up and appreciate and turn the pages. Um, and it was around then between 100,000 and 200,000 followers that I started receiving quite a few requests for a book. And at the time, there was no, that I could find or that I knew of, there was no, you know, coffee table style hand lettering book. It was, you know, tutorials here and there, how-tos, right. but nothing that just focused on the art. 
And I think this was kind of around the time that I was like, okay, good type can actually, it actually is impacting the lives of artists and we can, you know, become a platform uh, for exposing these artists because I would get a lot of messages, you know, just saying, thank you so much. I actually got, you know, a lot of work (laughs) from this one post and, you know, an artist would be like, it's because of you or because of your post that I continued to go down this path. And it just, it it is kind of crazy how artists were looking to good type to validate their work when they shouldn't, but they did. Right. And I'm glad that they, you know, I'm glad that it inspired them to keep going, which, you know, that was kind of the heart of good type was to inspire. Yeah. I just think of it as just like a cool thing to just be able to say, okay, because, you know, as designers, if you're not Brooke, you're like, okay, especially if you're into lettering, you're like, man, if I get featured on good type, like you feel like you've made it or this, this, this tide, this turn, this, this pivotal, pivotal moment in your design journey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I don't, I'm pretty sure you've heard that by now, but I'm just saying, it's just like talking to different people. You've heard them say, okay, man, after I got f- featured on good type, you know, and then all these other features came, it was just like, this t- this tide turned in my career or whatever the case may be. I mean, that's really, really, you know, the power and the magic of social media, which is amazing. It's, we are in that day and age, which is awesome. But, so, yeah. So do you attribute, I'm wondering if you kind of connected the the collection of you of good type to what you were exposed to when you were younger with your with your father. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as you go through college and still, I'm always on this path of self-reflection, <laughs> always like I'm like who am I? What is my purpose? What am I doing? Like, but who am I? <laughs> and you know, as we evolve and we grow and we change cuz life is so dynamic, um I've always known that I am a creative and I love to create and I love to curate much like my dad. And I didn't really kind of come to that realization until about the last year and a half. My friend um, Bart, who helps run the AIGA Austin chapter, asked me to speak at one of the Under the Radar uh, talks. And I had to tell my story. I had to give my talk. And I'm like, oh, I have a story. <laughs> okay, I, I've got to, like, craft this thing. <laughs> so I did, and it was in writing sort of my story, how I got started and everything, that I was like, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to get to the roots. I wanted to pull, you know, from, you know, where I came from and how I grew up and where it all, where it all started and seeing my dad's collection and just sort of acknowledging that. Um, or his many collections, uh, you know, that's where I was kind of like, that's where I get it. That's, that's the curation side of me. And then, you know, the, the painting, because I also paint as well. Right. The painting and artistic design side of me, you know, comes from my mom. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So in this journey, what would you say was like the hardest part? Like what, where you say you were literally at bottom or the struggling? I would say... Um, Coming to the one of the biggest challenges was coming to the realization that um, I didn't have to agree with the notion that I had to work for someone else. That was very hard. Um, 
being an entrepreneur and giving myself permission to say, hey, I can be in charge of my life. You know, I, I can create my own path and I can make mistakes and I can figure it out. And that's the hardest part is, is living a life that you are knowing and, and I guess just coming to the realization that you can create the life that you want. You are in charge of your life. And um, I could no longer play the victim of my not-so-fun circumstances of sitting in traffic every day and sitting in an office with no windows. And, you know, I was just playing the victim until I was done playing the victim. And giving myself permission um, to overcome that and say, hey, uh, I can actually make a living on my own. Um, and I'm, I'm in that struggle right now still. I think we all are, but you know, just kind of over overcoming the notions of, (laughs) you know, being able to have a a life that you want, you know, a creative life that you want. And yeah, I I think it's true. I mean, some people, it kind of comes natural to them to kind of just want to go out and do their own thing. But, you know, I know for sure, you know, some like my wife, like the idea of her just not working for someone. Like, oh yeah, not everybody is an entrepreneur. It, That's it's for sure. Like, you know what I mean? Just the idea of just say, okay, I'm gonna have to do all the business myself and all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, that scary. Like, oh, no, <laughs> nope. <thank you." laughs> and that used to be me too. But I'm like, if I don't do that, then I'm I'm not empowering myself, and I am not a business person. But the business side of things can be learned. Right. Um, and I think that was also, you know, a big challenge for you and still is a big challenge for me is I, it was out of sight, out of mind. I let somebody else handle it, take care of it. But then I had no idea what was going on and I had no idea how to, you know, navigate business conversations. And right. that's when I was finally like, okay, I got to step up, put it, put, put, put my girl pants on and like <laughs> be a businesswoman. Yes, I'm a creative, but if I'm going to run my own company, I need to figure that part out too. And it's it sucks for a little bit, but once you get the hang of it, you know, it starts rolling. But not everyone is an entrepreneur, and that's that's fine too. Right. But I I think that I know that I don't want to ever have a boss, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. <laughs> so let's get to some of the people that kind of helped you, your support system, the people that you kind of surround yourself with to kind of pick Brooke up. So my parents, my friends, my family, my mom for sure has been my number one supporter and cheerleader no matter what, whatever off the wall idea I had, she's like, Brooke, do it. Like, this is your one life. Like, whatever you go for it, you know? And even, even when there, and there still, still are tough times, but when I was thinking, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to make it. I'm feeling like, you know, a little bit buried, not feeling like I, I can figure out how to make this sustainable. I think I'm going to go back to Tyler's. I'll go find, you know, another full-time job. My mom was like, nope. <laughs> she was like, you're going to do this. You're going to figure it out. Like, whatever you have to do, you're not going back to the nine to five because that's not you. Hmm. And, and she saw how unhappy I was, but I am a very positive person. I'm a, I'm a pretty happy person naturally. And I get it from her. Um, we, you know, we're silver linings people. We find the positive in every situation. And she just saw how broken I became living that life for so long. And, 
and she encouraged me to always, um, you know, follow my path and follow my gut and, and to do what really makes me happy. Man, moms are just awesome. Moms are the best. Oh like, I don't know where gosh. I'd be for real. Gee, tell me about it. Oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so let's get to some of the good stuff. Like, for example, like how, if you don't mind, how is Good Type funding you? So Good Type, from a business model standpoint, um, not making a ton of money, to be quite frank, I haven't been paying myself. I just am in the process. Okay, so backstory. And, uh, and this kind of also talks about the support system. So what allowed me to leave Tyler's was when I did the Kickstarter for the first campaign, uh, for the first book, I had a backer reach out to me via email um, because I was a little behind in production vastly underestimating how long it would take me to communicate with 130 artists from 32 countries, many of whom didn't speak English. <laughs> and, and I had, you know, I had a few sort of mishaps with the printer, but needless to say, I was a little behind on, on shipping the books out. And he emailed me, he was moving from New York back to San Francisco. And he was just like, Hey, I'm really upset that I don't really know word for word. It wasn't like, a nasty email by any, you know, means he was just concerned that he wasn't going to get his book and he wanted a refund. So I very kindly responded, you know, let him know. I'm like, Hey, it's just me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting the books out of, you know, run into a few, uh, struggles here, but I will get your book out in the next week or so. But if you'd like a refund, happy to do that too. And he emailed me back and he was like, what? He's like, I thought good type was this huge business. I didn't know it was just one person running it. He's like, no, you know, he's like, what are you, like, what's going on? What are you doing? Who are you? <laughs> and so he's like, let's, uh, he and his partner and uh, business partner and now wife, and they have a company together as well, were trekking across the country uh, to move themselves from New York back to San Francisco. And they were stopping in Austin and they wanted to meet for coffee. So we did, I met him and they're great, loved him. And fast forward six months, six months from coffee and Emily and I become business partners and together they have, they, they were able to pull me out of Tyler's and start, you know, I just told him I had all, I have all these ideas, but I have no time. You know, good type is just a side hustle and not making any money, did the book, lost money on the book. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I see the potential there and they did too. And they saw the potential in me and, um, Emily, Jason, and I together over the last year started building the workshops programs and uh, partnering with artists and um, really empowering them to teach their craft. You know, if we, there are artists, there are educators, and there are artists who are educators. And we, you know, would, would see the potential in a lot of these artists and give them a platform to teach. And it's, I wouldn't say that it's scalable, but um, right now, I don't know that it can be because it's not, it is my goal to be sustainable, but it's not my goal to make money off of the artists. It's my goal to be sustainable in a way that makes sense for everyone. Right. Um, and so right now, I mean, we have, I have the second book coming out. Um, it's coming out tentatively slated for July 3rd. 
and it's being published by Rizzoli. So I, I don't really know what that's going to do for me. Hopefully it'll keep me afloat. <laughs> so I don't have to go back to Tyler's. Everyone support me. Support Good Type. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, the other, the other, there's so many different little facets of Good Type and it is, it is such a representation of my brain <laughs> because I am I'm such a creative, I'm such a yes person and I'm such a, I don't try to figure out how to do it before I go into doing it. I just, I'm like, I have an idea, let's do it. Not really thinking about the big picture or how right. it could last. I'm just like, oh, that's a cool idea or this could be a cool product or, you know, this could be a fun collaboration. I just go. And that's kind of the state of good type right now. Um, we do workshops. I, you know, curate on Instagram. I have the book coming out. Um, I, so we get a ton of requests all the time, whether it's a DM or an email to do a logo, do, you know, a mural or, you know, just design inquiries all day long. So I am just me. I'm, I am doing good type full time. I have retired as a graphic designer. Um, so that, because my passion isn't in being a designer, it's in curating and being a creative among, you know, creatives. And creating experiences that empower artists and provide resources for enthusiasts and potential students and, you know, anything in the art form of lettering. Um, so to, you know, find a solution for all of the design inquiries, I chatted with a fellow creative, Drew Melton, who runs the agency Closer and Closer. Uh, he was formerly out of New Orleans and is now based out of L.A., but he has an amazing, insane roster of lettering artists who I've worked with who have been in the Good Type book, and um, a handful of them are actually from Austin. Drew Lakin, Lauren Dickinson, and the Good, Good Snake Girls who are super talented sign painters here. Um, and it made sense for me, too. And I loved the way, because I've, I would send work his way every now and okay, then. Cool. Uh, and, or I, you know, and I would send work to my bank of artists too. Just, I don't, I wasn't in charge of the, the conversations that would happen. I would just say, Hey, this person needs this if you're interested. And I would just, you know, shoot out, you know, a list of, uh, to a list of artists and, you know, whoever got back to me first, I would connect to them and not, you know, I wouldn't take any percentage or anything. It was literally just helping the client and giving the artist work. Uh -huh. Um, but I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to be sustainable, I need to find a way to, right. you know, kind of scale this. So I uh, got to chat with Drew and he and I, he's helping me sort of with the vetting process and the, the design inquiry intake form. And I've actually since added that to uh, the website and to Instagram. And so anyone looking for design work, we can help you out. <laughs> I'm not by myself anymore. <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, yeah. I just I don't even know what you what you asked me, but that, again, <laughs> you did answer. Um, I just yeah. find it so awesome that like, like your first priority is to like help the the designer. Um, yeah. Colin Tierney and I were talking about this, and he was like, you know, he just appreciates good type because you appreciate the creative. Absolutely, and you know, it's it's just refreshing. I mean, you're awesome, Brooke. I just want to tell you that you you're are awesome. awesome. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard enough to be a designer and, you know, in a world of 
amazingly talented designers. So when you go to college or you go to art school, they don't teach you how to work for yourself. And, you know, you come out of working for an agency or a studio and you're, you've got all the skills and you're starting to grow your client base. Um, and, you know, maybe you're not getting as work as, as much work as you'd like. But Good Type has somehow, by the grace of God, grown this insanely huge platform. <laughs> and so it's like, why not? Why not use this platform to expose these artists? You know, and we're in the corners of, yes, some of the the bigger lettering artists out there like Jessica Hish, Lauren Hom, Ken Barber, and, and, and the Gemma O'Briens, but we're also in the corner of the come-ups, you know, the ones that are just trying to figure this out, uh, you know, and it's fun to see, it's, it's rewarding. It's rewarding to be able to use the platform to expose and empower the artists. Um, and, you know, on the other side of it is the students and enthusiasts that have an appreciation for the art form, but want to learn how to do it, don't really know how to get into it. And so that's what we kind of try to start navigating that side of it too. Awesome. Awesome. So let's get to some little goody stuff. Like what, what device, what gear, whatever it may be that you cannot live without? I mean, this is such a cop out, but my iPhone, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's where Instagram is. Like I can't not have my iPhone. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it's kind of like I try to disconnect and I do successfully sometimes, but it is like, it's right here. It's all the time right here. I'm like, I find myself, my, my thumb hurts because I'm scrolling the hashtag good type, like too many hours in the day. It's out of control. Um, yeah, my iPhone, well, my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> so this came to me um, earlier when you were talking, like, how are you the only person that's deciding, choosing who gets featured? Yeah, wow. it, is, it is just me. Um, and I keep, I keep a backlog. Like, I, I literally, if I could post 100 times a day, I would just to get them out there. And I don't post enough because I don't want to blow up the feed. And I, you know, I try to, I try to change it up. And, you know, being that good type is a global entity, I am, I want to pay attention because before it was just the art that drove me, you know, and now I am doing a little research and I'm like, Oh, who is this artist? Where are they from? What are they about? And I don't know if any, if you'd noticed, but I think it's probably been maybe the last four to six months that I, you know, would just add a little one liner of who the artist is and where they're from. Yep. Um, just because it matters and it's easy to access and you can use that caption for anything. So um, I try to hone in a little bit more on the artist versus, oh, this is this piece by this person, you know, because I would literally just see art and I would just be like, okay, that's what I'm going to post. But before I post now, I'm a little more conscious and I see who, who the person is. And maybe if I already featured them recently, I'm like, okay, I'll hold on a second on them. You know, give someone else a chance. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. That is because I know I've entered into Good Type Tuesday. So the amount of people, man, that is crazy. It, it is. It was funny. So if I could feature everyone on Good Type Tuesday, I would. But Instagram, unfortunately, is not the platform for that capacity of posting. <laughs> and 
So for a while there, I would use the stories to try to, you know, kind of get all the ones that I could featured. <laughs> I got this one DM that was like, this is so annoying when you do this to your stories. And I was like, okay, okay, I feel you, I hear you. <laughs> I was like, I guess I better chill out a little bit. I mean, one one comment can actually dictate how I curate or one, you know, sort of peeve. And I'm like, you're part of the community. I'll respect your opinion. But listen, I'm trying to like please everyone and you can't. <laughs> you can't. Uh, you're doing a great job, Brooke. You're doing a great job. I mean, wow. I this is, this is This is amazing. It's funny because sometimes I'll have to log out because I don't, I don't understand the algorithm. But I have to log out of GoodType and log into my personal Instagram to see all of the pieces because they don't, the, the hashtag doesn't show GoodType or, you know, the account GoodType, all of the work in order. It's weird. Yeah. So I kind of yeah, have a lot of weird things it. with this new algorithm. Yeah. Anyways. So I, I tell people to tag us in your stories. That helps me see them because I, I, I answer all of the DMs. That's awesome. It's so fun. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So what is Brooke currently excited about? Brooke is currently excited about huge changes personally, professionally. Um, I decided I wanted to move out of my house, sell my home, Ooh. um, not necessarily go minimalistic, but kind of, kind of hit the reset button. Um, and <clears throat> so I am moving out of my house and going to be a little bit of a nomad for a minute and kind of live a nomadic life, travel around and cause it's just me. And I, this is a time in my life where I can do this and we have, the book coming out and I want to, you know, kind of schedule some workshops around some book tour dates and travel around, go to Mexico, go to Europe. Uh, just, yeah, really dive into what good type can do and be globally. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm really excited about the book. I'm really excited about the book. I, okay. I'm going to show you something. Nobody else can see it, but so here's the first book, which you know what it looks like. And I think you may have seen it on Instagram, but um, they sent me the cover, the proofs of it. And it is like epic, amazing. Kenny Coyle did the G and I had to fight for this a little bit, but it is absolutely gorgeous. There's no, there's no book yet in there. It's just the cover, but uh, yeah, sick. it's so cool about it and just like the first book it's global like these artists are literally from all over from 32 countries all over the world um and it just goes to show you how unifying this art form is um and it's really i'm just excited i'm excited to see what comes of it and where it takes us and and giving these artists that maybe don't have as many followers um a chance to just have their art shown all over the place in this thing so yeah. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. And I like the uh the simpler lifestyle direction. We're doing yeah. this we're doing the same thing. We've been doing it since twenty sixteen. Oh yeah. I and mean, it's a process. I yeah. mean it's a mind shift. Totally. 
I had an estate sale in a state sale and somebody was like, did someone die? Like, what's going on? No, like a part of me is dying that I'm getting rid of. <laughs> and I sold almost all of my furniture. I don't know if you hear the slight echo in my room. Like it's pretty much bare because I'm, I sold my, my, this is how the Austin market is, but my house went up for sale last Thursday and I am now in under contract and our closing date, my closing date is uh, next or after the LA workshop. Um, so on the 13th. And so I'm like, oh, I gotta get out. I gotta, I'm gotta move. I sold my house <laughs> in like a week. Um, wow. and I'm putting whatever I have left in storage and taking it's, I have my dog Teddy and I have a cat Roosevelt and we're going to hang out with the folks in Fort Worth and they're going to hang out there for a little bit while I sort of plan the, uh, the next few months of, of good type travels. But yeah, it feels good to like, you can literally feel yourself become lighter every day that you shed things. It's incredible. That is the truth. It's like, you know, there's, it, it, it creates the subconscious buffer between you and your higher self. And you don't realize it until you remove all of that stuff. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I can think, I can focus. I, can, I should be more quiet and I should, you know, focus on going inward and just really think about all the stuff that actually does matter, which wasn't all the stuff that I had, which I thought I gave it so much, you know, more importance than it really deserved. That is the truth. That is, you're preaching to the choir over here. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing, man. I'm really excited. Of, you mentioned the book tour. That sounds like this is something that would be pretty amazing. Yeah, I hope so. Um, like I said, or I, I didn't actually mention this, but Rizzoli, who I'm so excited to be publishing this book because they have published a number of amazing coffee table style art books. Um, they have been amazing and supportive and awesome to work with. Uh, but they, you know, they don't have a budget for, for, for tours and travel, unless I'm like Stephen King or somebody, you know, huge, they're not gonna, you know, shell out money for a book tour. So I have to figure out how to fund it. You know, I have to do workshops and things like that to kind of right. help sustain the, sustain, sustain the tour, um, which, you know, awesome. Because I, I love doing workshops and I love meeting new artists and, and meeting people in the community. And another cool thing about doing workshops is I like to do meetups <clears throat> around yeah. the workshops. too. And I held one uh, in New York not too long ago. With Nick. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Nick was there, Roxy Prima was there, Eric F. Dot was there, yes. um, Nim Ben Rubin was there. I'm like, man, all the heavy hitters showed up. What the heck? This is so awesome. And it was so cool because a lot of these younger designers were just like, you know, they didn't know they were going to be there. And we were just all at the standard hotel, just like hanging out, chatting, getting to know each other. It was awesome. And I just, you know, I got a few emails from some of the artists and they're like, that was so cool. We need to host more of these. And I'm like, yeah, I just need to like go and just get, be a part of the community beyond just behind my, my phone, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's the cool part of being able to do things like that. That is the truth. Yeah. Well, as we get towards the end, unfortunately, yep. but what advice would you give to creatives? So my number one thing that I always say is do not compare your work to others. Just don't do it. Stop. Because as a creative, 
you, and this is, this is cliche, but it's true. Like you are the only you, and that is your superpower. You are the only one. You are the only you and your, the work that you put out, no one else can, can do. And, and, you know, there are people that can mimic certain styles, but whatever comes out of your brain, that's, that's your art, that's your design and, you know, be proud of it. And as you look back and reflect on your earlier works, you're probably going to cringe, but look how far you've come. If you're going to compare your work to anything, compare your work to your past to the stuff. Um, and I think it's very important. And if you are also going to compare your work, um, maybe do it in admiration or mm-hmm. do it in a way that, you know, you, you give yourself a goal of maybe being like, but do it in a way that it's yours, you know, and there's, you just got to remember that you, you are in charge of the work you produce and no one can take that away from you. So create the work that's within you and not the work that others are doing. Awesome. Yeah. So if anyone wants to learn about Brooke and what you're doing, where can they go? So I write, I try to keep up with the blog on GoodType. GoodType.us is our website. And then, of course, the Instagram and all of the happenings that Good Type does and that I'm doing is first dropped via our newsletter. And so our newsletter members get the first dibs on, you know, workshop links and they they are the first to know anything. So you can sign up actually through our Instagram account or on our website. Um, and then, yeah, my personal Instagram, which isn't that exciting, it's mostly photos of my dog, <laughs> is at Brooke the Sun Surfer. Um, I've been in a couple art shows. I might, you know, talk about that or talk about, you know, my moves or show pictures of it. Who knows? Whatevs. But that's that's about it. Well, Brooke, thank you again for just being an awesome person. <laughs> I do what I can, you know. I try. It's <laughs> a matter of an opinion. I appreciate your opinion. Thank you so much. <laughs> this has been a pleasure, man. This has been a pleasure. Likewise. Yes, I'm I'm excited that I'm glad that I did this and I reached out to you cuz you know, you know, everybody's behind this wall and you're behind this wall of a tycoon called Good Type. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. just like but yeah. I'm glad I did. It was a pleasure. I think what you're doing is amazing and um you're actually impacting people's lives even though it's through some kind of art and through mm-hmm. Instagram you are actually impacting people's lives and That's always a good thing. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I had fun. It was good chatting with you. Until next time, I will definitely keep in touch. But for now, I'll let you go. Thanks again, Brooke. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. I really appreciate it. Also, I've teamed up with Cotton Bureau to do a shirt for the podcast, Passion Beyond the Art t-shirt. So this is a way that you can support the podcast to keep it going. Um, I would really appreciate it if you'd be able to pick up a shirt. So go to dpcreates.com to pick up a Passion Behind the Art t-shirt. Be blessed.